when you are working and you love it, it doesn't feel like you're working. While my business does keep me going in every different direction, at the end of the day, I'm working for myself. It might be hard to get up in the morning, but the moment I step into my salon and a client comes in, I just get energy from them. Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ashley from Indelville. Ashley, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So, fellow podcaster here at the station, you just started up a podcast with Katie. Yes, so excited about that. How did you discover semi-permanent makeup? I'm originally from Utah. Utah, back in 2007, I believe Forbes named Utah the vainest city in America because there's more plastic surgeons per person than anywhere else in the nation. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't think that because it's Utah, predominantly Mormon. You wouldn't think that people get a lot of plastic surgery there, but they do. It's cheaper to have a practice there. So you have a lot of doctors from California who have their surgical suites in Utah, still have consultation offices in LA because the price of a nose job in LA is 20 grand where it's five grand in Utah. But because the beauty industry is really big, you have lots of hair schools on every corner. It's a very, in my opinion, a unsaid competition of who can look the best, who can be perfect. With that being said, I knew about permanent cosmetics in my early 20s. My sister got it done and I was like, oh yeah, I want to do that too. So I was about 24 when I had my eyeliner and my eyebrows done for the first time, which when I tell people that, oh, you were too young to get permanent (laughs) makeup. It's kind of funny to say this now. When I got it done, it wasn't because I was that beauty makeup guru. I was the outdoorsy. I don't want to spend time doing my makeup. I want to wake up and go and still look good. So that's why I got permanent cosmetics done. And then over the years, it's grown. When my eyebrows started to fade, I was like, oh, I need to get them touched up. But that's when microblading really kind of hit the West Coast. And so I was like, oh, that looks awesome. And I had a good friend do them. And she's like, well, you should get certified as well. What exactly is microblading? So I'm blading in hair strokes, like micro hair strokes. A tattoo gun, you kind of solid fill everything in. My prong set is three times thinner than a tattoo needle, so I can literally go in and carve a hair stroke. So blades of hair. So everyone probably thinks of like scalpels or an actual like blade blade. Okay, I'm going to be like really interested in that term for like forever now. (laughs) So for you, it was the convenience aspect to it. Is that something that stayed true for the rest of your life? The idea that you can just do this process and then you have that look for how long does it last? It will last two to four years, depending on age, exfoliation, if you're a side sleeper. It definitely started out as convenience, but now I can try out other beauty products. The convenience factor, I really love to sleep in. (laughs) Are you seeing that for a lot of people too, where it's like doctors are the kind of people like that, where they're just trying to steal that extra 15 to 20 minutes? I think everybody's trying to steal that 15 (laughs) minutes of beauty sleep. Like whether you have a job or you're running your kids around, why waste your time 15, 20 minutes on drawing in your eyebrows when I can do it for you? And it's that same thing too. It's like guys just kind of wake up. The extent guys of have my. It so easy. Oh, yeah. I started doing my hair last year and it's like, oh, look at him. He looks so much better. I think at one point in time, I had a goal that I could get ready before my boyfriend. I want to be looking at my watch being like, are you ready to go yet? I'm full blown ready and you're still like staring at yourself in the mirror. Let's go. That sounds like a fun video where it's like you, you can see like a clock turning oh, and it's the guy and gal get up and now it's the girl waiting for the guy. Yes, just like... I love it. <laughs> so you're from Utah? Yes. What are some of the differences of growing up in Utah? There's two big differences in my opinion. 
Number one, you guys don't have mountains like Utah does. I'm a big skier, so it was pretty devastating. When I moved out here, you have hills, not mountains, and ice. The diversity that's here, this is a melting pot. I mean, there is diversity in Utah as well, but not like the East Coast. The restaurant industry is bigger out here. Oh, I have to because, imagine. Because, like, when you have a lot of kids, a lot of people have, like, six-plus kids. Like, why do you want to take six kids and manage them at a restaurant? So there's more family restaurants out there. But downtown Salt Lake City, Park City, those are where the life is at in Utah. But it's a lot of suburbs, a lot of just little families running all over the place. So I'm probably the only one of my friends from Utah that's not married and doesn't have kids. I am definitely the oddball out when I go back to Utah. Everybody's like, oh, you're not married or check out my handful. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Still single. Easier to book a flight. (laughs) Yes. It's easier to just like do what I need to do. Photography is the earliest thing I can find that you did. How'd you get into photography? Photography is my first true love. Got into it in junior high. Got into black and white photography. Did that in high school. I love the dark room and processing my own photos. And then I went into being a wedding photographer when I got out of high school. Okay, so that's why you're not still in photography then. (laughs) Kind of burnt me out for sure. Question here. So I also did photography in high school, black and white, all that kind of stuff. Uh Photoshop versus dark rooms. How much do you miss the dark room experience? I actually was just talking to somebody about this. I miss the dark room so much. When I get my own house, there will be a dark room in there. Just like the pure raw of seeing your film develop, like seeing the image come up on the paper, the smell of the chemicals. Yes, that is one of the things. It like just brings you back in time. I'm sure it's not good for you, (laughs) but it just takes you back in time to a simpler time. Like, I mean, I love Photoshop. You can definitely get carried away with it. Yeah. But there's just something about a dark room. It's like VHS repairment or something like that. Yes. It's like it's something that's lost in time. That mm-hmm. It's now just a novelty at this point. And like at this time, what I was thinking about it the other day is you can't have your cell phone in there. You can't have white light in there. So you're almost like locking yourself in there to get away from just the daily distractions. I miss the dark room. Oh, it's so neat to be able, because it's all working with light and stuff like that. If you mm-hmm. had an overexposed part, oh, you got to keep it you under kind the of light for a while. burning and yeah. dodging your photos to like get the right like yeah. composition. That stuff is so much fun. And it's an opportunity to work with your hands as well mm-hmm. after you do the photography. Yes. It, it's an extra level of self-expression you get after taking photos. I, yes. I, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. I apprenticed with an international photographer and he gave me the best advice. He said, if you ever think about going and getting your bachelor's degree, get it in business. So you know how to run your business instead of paying somebody else. Because art is art. It's you. It's your creative soul outlet. So you don't need a degree. As life went on and working every Saturday and then editing all week long, yeah. bridezillas, momzillas, just kind of burns you out for a little while. So back in like 2008 when the economy was crashing and I was just like, oh, yes, you do have to pay me to take your photos. You know, like <laughs> that just got exhausting. I decided to go back to school. So I actually went to UNLV in Las Vegas and got my bachelor's degree. Tripwise, now you've headed south to Las yeah, Vegas. I said, hmm, where's the exact opposite of Utah? <laughs> and so I went to Vegas. I have family down there, so it wasn't like a big drastic change. I'm the type of person who likes to be different, go against the grain. Vegas is the party school. So for me, going to school and actually studying was being different. 
I was like, oh, no, I don't need to go out and party because I also worked at Mandalay Bay. I cocktailed out at their pools. Going out and clubbing or going to a party felt like work. So why would I want to do that? You gained a lot of practical experience doing finance in Las Vegas. Also, probably a good place to learn about business is Las Vegas, I have to imagine. Yes. So with going into business, and I have the finance emphasis, I also went into an internship with Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. I learned a lot about the housing industry. Oh, wow. Around that time, too? It was a little bit after the Mm -hmm. crisis, so there was a lot of new rules and regulations to put in place. But that right there, I think that finance and learning about mortgage and credit card debt, like that should be taught in high school. If I didn't have that internship, I wouldn't know what like PMI and all that kind of weird, crazy stuff. It'd be so overwhelming to get your first house. Just having that knowledge and that finance background, lots of life lessons learned in Vegas. That's a pretty good name for either a song or a book. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of life lessons in Vegas. You get out of that, you get into finance. Is that how you ended up out on the East Coast? So right as I started going to school in Vegas, I met somebody on an airplane. I was actually coming out here to the East Coast. My sister went to Penn State. And so for Christmas one year, I flew out here to see her and her family. And I happened to be sitting next to a very handsome man. He asked for my email and we started talking. At the time, he was in L.A. and I was in Vegas. So we did long distance Mm -hmm. for a while. It just grew into a, a long distance relationship where when I was done with school, he was still traveling quite a bit for his job. So I didn't want to move to the East Coast to not see him or not see any of my family. So I went back up to Utah after school and I went into the finance industry there for a little bit because at the time having a nine to five job, having health insurance, you know, that was all appealing versus going back into the never have a weekend to myself. Did some commercial lending that slowly started to kill my soul because (laughs) if anybody knows, like if you're artistic, like sitting at a desk all day crunching numbers. It'll slowly pick away at you. So then that's when I was like, okay, I need something artistic. I need to figure out life. And then microblading popped up as the new trend out there. Okay. And so I was like, ah, yes, like I want to do this. I want to figure it all out. So I get certified. I come out here. I start telling people, yeah, I microblade. You micro what? Oh, yeah. And so when I got out here, I was like, oh, this is really tough. I don't really know what I should do. So I took a job in Bethesda in finance. Oh, really? Not knowing what traffic is like out here. <laughs> oh, no. 30 miles in Utah equals 30 minutes, maybe 40 if there's an accident. Here, not so much. Oh, no. Two hours each way. So after a year of commuting and being in a job that I didn't love in a very dysfunctional (laughs) office. I just had it. And I remember going to Pistaro's and saying to my boyfriend at the time, I can't do it. I need something else. I'm quitting and I'm going to start this business up full time. And I had a list of pros and cons. And he just looked at me and said, do it. What? But I made a list. But Exactly. (laughs) And if any of like, you know me, like making lists and making check boxes so I can like cross that off. I love that. (laughs) So I was like, wait, we're not going to discuss all of the list that I made. And he's like, no, just do it. (laughs) So then I quit, started the business, was a home based business for a year, 
with the goal of finding a retail location by the end of the year. And then I found where I'm currently at and I have now been in that location a little over a year. This is where things get interesting for me. Before I ask my actual question, I want to ask about the golden door. When did you make the decision to paint it gold out of all glittery? Because I love that to death. There's an Instagram account called Doors of Frederick. What? Yes. So they go around and take pictures of downtown area doors. But then, because I'm in the basement, everybody's like, well, where do I find you? And I'm like, how can I make my area stand out? Yeah. And so I was like, sparkles? Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? And so with the historic district and just the certain rules that you have, I couldn't physically sparkle the door. So it's actually a 3M taped. (laughs) So if I need to like remove it, I can. So technically I haven't done any changing to the exterior of the building. It's considered Oh, that's super clever. So here I am going to a sign store. I cut out a pattern of my door and I had them cut out corrugated cardboard, take it into my garage. And I'm literally painting and sparkling, like going back in time, like I'm in first grade with a big jar of glitter and (laughs) there still might be remnants all over my clothes of gold glitter. I sparkled my golden door. I also frequent Area 31 a lot, so you're in that general area as well. Just right down the alley from where I'm at. So I always like seeing the little bit of shiny gold down those stairs as you're walking by. Look at me! I'm down here! (laughs) It's like the start of a movie when you're like, what's that shine going? Oh, hey! Here's where I'm super duper curious. I have a fascination with people who are the first to bring stuff with Frederick. We actually have a lot of great firsts in Frederick kind of businesses. Yes. I, I, you are the first semi-permanent makeup. As you do the microblading, you do eyelash extensions, which, yes. how hard is that to do? It's very tedious in the beginning. You basically have to become ambidextrous because you're isolating oh. lashes with one hand and then you have to pick up the extension, dip it in glue, and then set it on the natural lash. Yeah. So for people who start out with eyelash extensions, it's really rough in the beginning, but once you get it down, like I could do it in my sleep now. So you're doing all that, all of this very highly tech technical, dexterity-based hand stuff, Mm -hmm. and then starting your own business all within this year. And at the same time, I was shocked to discover from a single picture on your Instagram feed, a shot of you holding a bunch of trophies because you had entered a bodybuilding competition? Yes. You were in the NPC Maryland State East Coast Classic over in Baltimore last year. How did you decide, like, I'm not doing enough, I need to also lift weights? (laughs) (laughs) Well... With the love of having check boxes on my list of to-do, I work very well with goals. For me, I've had a goal of getting my fitness to the next level. I hate running. If you see me running, number one, I'm being kidnapped or I'm chasing a taco truck. (laughs) So like running a triathlon or doing anything like that didn't spike my interest Bodybuilding is a little bit bigger on the West Coast than it is out here. Not too many people know about the competition world. So putting on a bedazzled bikini, because also my love for sparkles, and prancing around on stage in high heels, that sounds like fun. (laughs) And so I decided, okay, there's nothing more motivating than having a panel of random people judge what you look like. So it would get me to where I needed to be. I mean, I was working out. I had a trainer. But if somebody was like, let's go to Pistaro's and have some pizza or let's go to JoJo's across the street, you better believe I'm going to go there. But when I was like, oh, no, I have to fit into this bikini and get on stage and show like my muscle definition, I'm not going to be doing that. So it really made me focus on where I wanted to get 
physically. So that was last year's resolution. And then it just became a lifestyle where I am hunched over all day working on people's eyelashes and eyebrows. So working out like that stretches out my body, strengthens it up. But it also is that one hour in my day where I don't have my phone. I don't Mm. have to worry about answering client phone calls or anything like that. It can wait. That's my self-care where I was never the girl that would wake up in the morning and say, let's go to the gym. Like, I just (laughs) want to. No, it was, okay, I got to do this to make my end goal. And now it's the, okay, this is my time. So the challenge of bodybuilding, you are exercising everything. Mm -hmm. How do you even begin to approach that? It is super challenging. It's something where I thought I could start by myself, but you'll soon realize it takes a village for somebody to get on stage. So I had a trainer and then nutrition is 80% of it. You can't out gym your diet. Mm -hmm. So then I found a specific prep coach and trainer to help me get my nutrition on par, doing weekly check-ins, telling them exactly what I ate that week, going and working out specific my weak areas, glutes and hammies is definitely where I need to improve to get that number one trophy. And just if you don't have the right people behind you, it's hard because you become isolated. So just having the support from everybody is really what you need to do it. Timeline wise, because yet again, this is a lot of stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. You did manage to walk away with a couple trophies, right? I did. It was Maryland State and East Coast Classic. So I entered both competitions. And within that, how bikini, that's the division that I entered, they have class A, class B, class C, class D, because there's so many girls mm-hmm. that it goes by height. So I'm judged oh. against people who are within one to two inches of where I'm at. Oh, so that has nothing to do with like muscle mass or something like that? Well, just to whittle it down. Okay. So the 10 girls that are around my same height in Mm -hmm. bikini class C, so I compete against them and they will judge who looks the best out of those 10 girls, what their stage presence is, how hair and makeup looks, muscle definition, the whole thing. If I were to go up there and have the best body, but didn't have the stage presence of how to present myself, I'm not going to win. I also had a posing coach to tell me exactly how I needed to stand to push out my butt. (laughs) I never thought I'd pay somebody to be like, no, you need to like arch your back more and push your butt out. Like weird things I never thought I would do in life. It's the whole package. I was bikini class C and I took second in a Maryland state and East Coast classic. And then there was a novice meaning that I hadn't competed in anything else, and I took second. I came away with three trophies, my first time competing in the NPC world. And so now I want to bring an even better package to the stage to beat what I was last year. So you're shooting for number one then? I'm shooting for number (laughs) one. What I also love about this is, yeah, I'm competing against other people, but at the end of the day, my biggest competitor is myself. And how can I self-improve? I want to beat what I was last year. So while I don't have anything, Mm -hmm. any show like picked out this year, it will probably be towards the end of the year. Right now I'm still lifting. I'm still going to the gym all the time and keeping my nutrition up, but I haven't set a specific show date yet. We'll have to follow your course and taking number one. Yes. 
And that's so I'm kind of curious just from the the bodybuilding aspect to it because you you see the guys have a certain look that almost looks like they like their waist is gone. So it looks like if there was a gust, any of those guys would just kind of snap in half. With women bodybuilding, is there a division where they try to look just as giant as possible? Because you still have feminine physique. I don't know if that's the appropriate term to use. Yes. So there's different divisions. I'm bikini. Then there's figure. I think it's physique. So as you go up in oh, ranks, okay. like you get a little more muscular. Some people in the bodybuilding world don't think that bikini is true bodybuilding, just because you don't have as much muscle definition than a figure competitor. A figure competitor, they definitely work on more upper body, back, delts, shoulders, arms. And so if you look at their posing compared to the posing that I do, drastically different. For me, I wanted a better looking butt. Just like everybody on Instagram, I was like, okay, well, I want a better butt. So bikini, they focus Mm -hmm. more on like a hip to waist ratio. While you do have some muscle definition, it's not crazy. So I still look like a woman. At the end of the day, I still want to look like a woman. (laughs) People can definitely go on the extremes. I don't think anyone in your division looks like they could rip a piano in half. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you go to the pro bikini, they definitely can. Oh, okay. That's one of the things I'm kind of curious, and I feel like we've kind of touched on that because that's kind of become your escape. It's like work-life balance. You own your own business, Mm -hmm. which is open for not, like, you're open for a big part of the day. Like, you open in the morning, you close in the evening, you go to the gym, and you're participating in all this kind of stuff. Like, what's the work-life balance like and all that kind of stuff? If people want to see me, they can join me at the gym. (laughs) That's been my new thing. Well, you can join me at the gym. When you love something, Mm -hmm. when you are working and you love it, it doesn't feel like you're working. While my business does keep me going in every different direction, at the end of the day, I'm working for myself. And the more I put into it, it's a direct result for me instead Mm -hmm. of working for a big corporation. I mean, it might be hard to get up in the morning and get that motivation. But the moment I step into my salon and a client comes in, I just get energy from them. And I'm just hanging out with them and they're (laughs) becoming my best bud. So I'm not working at the same time. A lot of my clients have become dear friends. I'm getting paid to hang out with my (laughs) friends, which is awesome. I tell my friends to come to the gym with me. But my off time, it's true. Work hard, play hard. When I have time off, like it's my time off. (laughs) So I think if I didn't love what I do, it'd be a lot harder. There wouldn't be a balance. Future this year, you're working towards number one. I am definitely, this sounds really funny. My 2018 goals are B and be. So grow the business, grow the booty. (laughs) (laughs) B&B, working for that number one trophy and I'm growing the business. So I am looking into opening up a second location. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I have just been so empowered this past two years of growing this business. And I want to share that with other women and grow them to their fullest potential and like give them this gift. So I have started expanding. I have a couple employees right now with more growth coming. So I just have this woman empowerment envision for growing the business. More locations in the area to come. There we go. More shiny golden doors around every corner. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. I love this story. So I feel like I've already tripped over my usual closer. I end every interview with the exact same question about what are you really excited about? Is there anything other than the B&Bs that you're uh, looking forward to in this year? 
I need to take a couple of vacations this year as well. <laughs> Otherwise, I might go bald. <laughs> there will be no third B in the B&B. No baldness. No. So. <laughs> Maybe some skiing. I actually am going to go to Utah in a couple of weeks to go get my winter trip in and ski. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.